Okay, good evening. So we are in the Kiyas. We finished the big ones. And then we, we delineated a whole list of smaller things. But not, not smaller things, but things which are, we'll be, we'll be de- dealing with more briefly. Uh, of, that if you walk around uh, with the tendency, with the lack of cleanliness in this area, a person will be prone to make mistakes, prone to, to uh, drop the ball. Um, and therefore, these also, the Chal uh, stresses the importance of not just not doing it, but not even having the, the inclination, the desire to do that. And the next, what we'll be starting off with tonight is Nikias about hurtful speech. Hurtful speech. The, the, the general, actually, my wife, I think this was unbelievable. I think I believe they still have this class in Mi'ira. She taught a year a survey course uh, when, for the years since she taught from Mi'ira on Onas Devarim. The ninth grade had a class just about Onas Devarim, about her false speech. Can you imagine a public school having a class Onas Devarim? Can you imagine that? No way. You get a, cl- a whole class. I mean, you just like are not speaking hurtful. I mean, it happens to be, I was in a public school recently. They had a very strong bullying thing, which is good. It's a good thing. But to have a whole, I could have that bullying thing. It was on the, on the big thing. No bullying in Martin Murphy Pope Middle School, whatever. Of course, the second I walked into this public school, they had the three signs about the gay and straight class club going to guys for middle school. I'm like thinking to myself, Shem Rishamai, these kids are being poisoned, poisoned at a young age to normalize it. That's what they do. They normalize this in these schools, like specifically to normalize it. Rachamana Litzlan. But there was a nice thing. I saw no bullying. That's good, right? No bullying is bad, right? But I never would imagine they'd have a class not to do Onas Tvarim. That's like half of thought. It says a lot about... Uh, our education, right? But onas devarim, the hurtful speech is ledaber b'fnei chavero levad shimeno to say something even privately to somebody where they will be embarrassed. Hurtful speech. Kol sheken certainly ha'amira b'fnei rabim davar certainly if it's something more pumbi more public, where a person will be embarrassed. Um, I, I, I'm sorry to even say this, but it happens to be true. Very often, uh, the most hurtful things are said to relatives. Children, siblings, parents. First of all, you know their weak points. You know their Achilles heel. Right? I, I saw today a, a, a brief article how the president... You know, who always look for people's weak, weak links. So let's say Pocahontas. Uh, hey, so he'll call, she's a fraud to, to say that. Uh, you know, does anyone know what I'm talking about? Pocahontas, right? Elizabeth Warren. Um, her husband was my professor, so. <laughs> and yeah, he was. In Penn Law, they actually, Professor Mann was my trusted states professor in Penn Law, and he moved to Harvard Law. He went down because he had to move to Massachusetts for her. Uh, but. You know, he'll call somebody Pocahontas, you know, or uh, Crooked Hillary or Lion Ted. Well, you know, you do that, you, 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 but imagine your child. 
you're, you are the dumb one in the family, or you just are klutzy, or you're just slow, or you're so forgetful. You know, the spouse, you're looking at, that's a good, because they know you, right? Those men, you know, most of the ladies' class, right? So, right? Your children, you know their weaknesses, you know? Mordechai, again? Why don't you do this ever? Like, you could, even when you're punishing them, and I've seen parents do this publicly with their kids. I would never want to be talking to the way some, the way I see some parents embarrassing their kids in public. I'm not, I honestly, uh, you know, I live vicariously. I see with that, I said, I'm not doing this to my kids. I'll pull them into my office. Trust me, I have to, I, I berate my kids too. Publicly, they don't have a sense of self. Would you want to be berated publicly in front of the whole school? Would you want to be called uh, messy or troublemaker or, you know, whatever? Why would you, and how you say it? Um, so unfortunately, it could be siblings, children to parents. Mom, you're so dumb. Or mom, hurry up, you're so slow. Why? Isn't that, you know? So, I'm not joking. Go to any, any old age home. I've seen it a hundred times. You know, people have old elderly parents in their house. Elderly people. I don't know who says you can insult somebody. This is serious stuff. Who says you can be hurtful to somebody? Serious stuff. Who says you can be mean to somebody? And relatives, the loved ones, I'm, I, I, unfortunately, the, the comfortability of the relationship is there the, the most. And the lack of sensitivity very often is there the most. Little children, you deserve that. I've seen parents say to their kids, you deserve that. Would you want if you banged it to all say you deserve that? Why isn't that hurtful talk? So says the Ramchal, says the Ramchal, something which is embarrassing or hurtful, painful to a person. In private, even if it's one-on-one, certainly if it's in public. Certainly if it's in public. Uh, you know, Bianca Kamenetsky once said that when a parent takes away a toy boat from a little kid, it's like somebody takes away your most precious thing sometimes. So, you know, again, like, even with children, you know, publicly, I, I, I'm not sure adults don't want to, I'm not sure where the heter is by children to scream at them and berate them in, in public. Or even if it's not your kids. I've seen people do it to, to other people's kids in the show. Hey, you're such a mess! You know, didn't your parents tell you to clean up after yourself? I don't know. I didn't see any heter for, heter for that. It could be you're stuck, for sure you pull the kid aside privately. I'm not saying not to if someone makes a mess, you pull the kid aside privately, talk to him or her. No, but public humiliation of people? Public hurtful words of people? By the way, if you get used to this, you'll do it to all types of people. So doing something to people to be embarrassed. Uh, obviously the Gemara says in Perakaza, which is in Baba Metziah and we have Balchuva, oh this is the worst Balchuva lo yomer lo zuchur masecha rishenim if someone's a Balchuva someone's a Balchuva person should say oh, do you remember you did so and so I, you know a few years ago I was, in, I was somewhere uh, and somebody did it to me and the truth is I'm a I'm, um, I even have some white hairs in my beard. I'm old enough to that, but my skin's a little thick. But I, I literally, I thought, what really bothered me when the person did this to me, I thought, like, this is so against the Torah. It was my own honor. I mean, it bothered me a little bit. I won't tell you I didn't, but he says, the person comes over to me. He says to me, my wife, 
was friends with your sister. And she told me she remembers when you were like fifth grade, like something like, like what in the world is this guy telling me a story? It wasn't like, you know, a flattery thing either, like whatever it was. But like, you know, why would you do that to somebody? Again, I didn't really bother me. I'm married, I have kids, I'm fine. And you're like, but why would a guy come over to you and say, do you, I, mean, I know, so did, you, you do this embarrassing thing, right? It wasn't so, whatever. But I don't want to get too curious. Uh, but, but just the whole concept. I remember her when she used to wear tank tops and tight jeans. Now she dresses very snow off. Who says you can say that? Sorry for the person. I remember you when you weren't so religious, or you weren't so kosher, or you weren't so that, you know. I remember. You remind the person. You want to, yeah, but and let's go back to relationships now, right? Why are you telling me not to scream? You screamed 21 years ago. I remember. You screamed at me 21 years ago. How dare you? Now, the person that apologized said sorry. You don't keep it by the tshuva, right? So isn't that reminding a person something they did? Who says you can do that? Remind the Balchuva. Very often, Balchuva are super sensitive, especially in the beginning. Um, anyone in Balchuva in the room, by the way? <laughs> 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 all right, all right. So, no one likes in the beginning, right? Gears. I, I know somebody who specifically didn't, I was not involved in this, but I'm, I'm a connection to this person. Will not tell anybody they're a gear. It makes them very uncomfortable because people start asking out their whole life, you know? And they. And, and, uh, and, and I heard you when you were, you know, very often, Giram have very exotic stories, very inspiring, inspiring stories, and very often they want to share it, and that's great. And if they want to share it, I, I'm sure we've all been inspired by stories of Giram and Bali Chuva, as long as they're telling what they want to tell, right? But if they don't want to tell, you know, they, you know, I know people, they would be mortified if we, I would talk about what they did when they were 13 years old or 15 years old or 17 years old or 24 years old when they were in college or in their first marriage or whatever it may be. Who says you can bring that up? Right? And people do it. it and it's painful for people. It's hurtful for people. And it's actually Oynastavam. The Rambam in his Mishnah Torah, this is the example of Rambam sure. Reminding a person who did it, oh, I remember when you went to McDonald's, right? I, you know, I know when you went to McDonald's, I remember you used to eat McDonald's. This person's so careful on everything in kosher. You think they want to hear it, be reminded when they make McDonald's, right? Uh, Do you remember when you did this when you were a little kid? So also, um, when people get sick, this is, again, this is, just, some of it is just, is, People are not malicious. They don't mean bad. They don't mean to be hurtful, but they are hurtful. <laughs> but they are hurtful. So, for example, Zok expounds uh, the Ramchal. If somebody gets sick, somebody has tragedies, somebody has uh, uh, difficulties or illnesses, don't be like with the friends, the quote unquote friends of Eov. Of Job, how they tried to appease Job. Zakhar, what he said, Zakhar ma miwa nakiyazos. Hey, means you mean deserve, this is what you got, you got what you deserve. Like, you know, don't blame God. You know, guy sitting sick in bed, really, it's, a, you know, it's, it's far from actually like to hear it's kaparat davanot, but most people don't want to hear it start getting blamed for their sicknesses when they're sick. And we don't even know, there could be reasons we have no idea. So when you start telling a person, you know what's happened to you? 
You know why this is the case? Because of what you did. You know, you should, maybe you, you probably did a big mistake. You probably made, made an avera. It's painful to tell that to somebody. When people are suffering, you know, it's painful to say, oh, this is your fault. Right? They're suffering enough. What are you going to start? If they're coming to a, 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 a rabbi and, look, and they're asking questions, so perhaps we can think about something. There could be, maybe there's something to work on. Maybe something, even if it's not the, re- the reason, to, to take on as a schos, as a merit. But for a person to go over to another person and say, you know why this is the case? Because of your sins, because of your choices, because of your, you know, it's like re- putting salt on the wound. It's painful for people. Um, I, I know people, by the way, I know some right, very well, who won't say his age. Why? Because the guy's a single guy. And every time they see me, oh, why are you married yet? That is the question. Then you say to a single guy, why are you married yet? So the guy doesn't want to say his age. Because every time he says it, he feels like, is that, is that a nice thing to say? Is that, why aren't you married yet? Like, this person's trying to, probably dated it 500 times by now, right? And trying to get married. And something. why aren't you married yet? The, you know, again, most people don't mean that. I remember my wife told me, somebody said, my wife's grandmother was sitting Actually, my wife was sitting there at my my father-in-law's levaya. A certain prominent rabbi, my father said, she's sitting next to her grandmother. My grandmother is kind of 100 years old now. So my wife's lost her father. Her grandmother lost her son. They're sitting next to each other at levaya. And somebody said something very inappropriate. I'm not much sure who, but a rabbi said something that my wife said felt was very inappropriate. Like, and, and she said, she knows he didn't mean bad. You know, uh, yeah, exactly. So, but that's the—I think that's the point. The point is, you—if you're not careful, you're not careful. Onos devarim could be when you're asking why aren't you married, when you're telling somebody, uh, you know, you're trying to appease them when they're sick, you're doing an avalim house and the people are sitting shiva, or it's your own children and you're disciplining them. It could all be on us tomorrow, and you're all well-intentioned, but it's not thought out how the person feels. You know, I once saw a husband and wife talk to the public. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. Where's the busha? That's how you talk to your spouse in public? You know, berating the person? Like, where, why is that okay? Even in private, I think it would be terrible to talk that way to a spouse. You're so dumb. Well, I would want to be called dumb. I would want to be called dumb in private or in public. You know, but in front of people, in front of people, you know, what, that, that onus tavarim, you talk to, and these are the people you're supposed to be loving. You're, 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 you're caring. Mom, stop. I, I say that over because I, I grew up in South Florida. In Miami Beach, we used to have a lot of elderly. Now they moved to Boca and Boynton Beach and Delray Beach and Palm Beach. When I was younger, I mean, you'd see people talk to their parents like, Mom, hurry up already. Like, you know, Come on! Why do I have to always wait for you? So not only is it chutzpah and a lack of kibbutz aviyim, and it's surreal to think some 85-year-old lady is going to be like Sir Speedy, but how do you talk to your mother publicly and embarrass her publicly? Like a two-year-old kid, like literally. That's what I've my own eyes. I saw this. You talk to an, an adult, the person who raised like a like a kid, even if the person had dementia or Alzheimer's, you should never talk like that. So not him. You know the mida is so terrible, terrible. So, it, I'm just stressing, it can happen when you're without thinking. We're not talking about people who are just cruel people. 
But cruel acts can happen from good people and even sometimes meaning well if you're not careful. If you're, if you're not thinking it through how the recipients could feel. How the recipients could feel. And again, I stress children because I'm not sure, I know where it comes from, but I'm not sure why people think that children don't have feelings. You know, they do have feelings. They have egos and self-esteem and pride, just like all of us. It's, whether it's our own children or anyone's children, right? Children, you have to talk to people like they're a mensch. And you can't embarrass people. You can't say hurtful things to people. It's not only is it bad meanness, it's against the Torah. It's, a, it's, a deraisa. it's like eating pig. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a it's dibur, not a maisa, but it's a love. I know the term is a love. It's a negative prohibition to hurt people's feelings. For Amru Chazal, our sages told, told us, actually, I skipped a line. If donkey dry, drivers, okay, uh, were soliciting grain, right, you shouldn't say it to them. You should say, oh, go buy it there, and it's a prank. It's all great, right? You know, you, 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 know, you give like, uh, just as a joke, you tell them the wrong thing. It's, it's, a, it's hurtful. You go there, you know, I think it's, it's, it laughs on them. So that's the Vorim. Amr Khazar Sages already told us, God will not Vorim. Verbal wrongdoing, onas devarim, is worse than financial wrongdoing. Ona, oh now remember we said overcharge. Ona is overcharging by more than a, 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 a sixth. The kosher can even Certainly, to, it's just like to swindle somebody is terrible. To, to embarrass, to humiliate, to, to belittle, to hurt somebody is even worse. The kosher can certainly if it's publicly. Right, if it's publicly, you know, my wife is very good about this. I'll tell you just sometimes at the dinner table, I'm just for my kid, my wife always will remind me take the kid out of the room, not for the siblings, not for the siblings. And she's right, I mean, I learned that from her, by the way, she's very good at that, you know, not in front of the siblings. Why does a kid have to be, you know, if the kid does something dangerous where the siblings need to learn from this kid, that's one thing that's very rare. Most times, you discipline the kid, why should you be disciplined in front of the siblings? They don't need to be in front of, embarrassed in front of their siblings. You pull them the kid aside. Tell them this is not how you do it. Why should he be berated or she be berated in front of their siblings? Right? Publicly. Um, right? We, we, we learn. You, if you If a person habitually, habitually uh, embarrasses people, Mortifies people. They have no portion in the world to come. It's like, you know, you know how hard it's to lose a portion of the world to come? You have to be like an apicaris, a heretic, person who denies free will, person who denies resurrection of the dead. If you publicly humiliate people, that's the way to get it. If you're Rav Chista, Rav Chista says, All the heavenly gates are locked. Somebody cries out because you, you hurt them. You humiliate them, their tears of, of anger against you or pain could, could punish you. You can get punished. You can get clapped. Fishtevah says clap. Patched. You know what patched is? Where did you grow up? Yiddish. A good patch. A patch? 
You get a patch from God, God forbid, for any of us from Shemayim, you know, to get patched by God is not a good thing. Uh, but the Gemara says that if somebody, you make somebody cry out, when, when, do those, when, do, when those prayers go, a person who's, who was on and off, who's embittered, who's pained, who's hurt. It could be an 88-year-old mother. It could be an 8-year-old kid. It could be your spouse. It could be your friend. It could be a stranger. But if they, if they cry out, it could be a patch. Um, and the patch could be that you get hurt. That somebody hurts you. You hurt somebody, they hurt you. Not the same person. Another person hurts you. Well, it's a pot, pretty bad patch. You'll experience what it means to be scorned. We don't want that for ourselves. And it could be worse. I, it's, just, it's just showing the severity of this. Um, so call Sha'arim Alokhutz. The Gemara there says in Bhava Matsya, everything God punishes Ayyade Shliach. Which means God has an intermediary punish. Except for hurtful speech. Which God himself does the punishment. The Amru, our sages tell us, Shlaisha in a pargun ninal. Uh, uh, which means that you don't can't sweep it under the cover, except for three things: even for not the field of our mitzvah, even at our mitzvah. You should rebuke your fellow. You should tell them that's inappropriate. That's an avera. That's a sin. Maybe you can publicly rebuke them so much that they do it. You still have to take into account their feelings as a general rule. Unless the person's amazed. You know, if somebody comes into the show, uh, a gentleman wearing a tank top and shorts or a girl wearing a tank top and shorts, and they don't get the message, I'll tell them, get out. I don't care if it's public or private because they're ruining the whole show. But if something I could do, do privately... Of course you go to someone private. I'm not, I say get out. I'm saying if they're not listening. I'm not saying... Of course, first you go privately saying really it's not the appropriate way to dress this way in the synagogue. You know. But, I mean, if it affects the whole claw, it, it, that would be an exception. But as a general rule, you would rebuke somebody, they still have self-esteem. You call Russia! You know. <laughs> How do you live in Israel? You know, like, you mean driving, also get the, the money. Lady! You know, in a nice way. Yeah, you gotta be ready, right? And not always a nice way. Huh? They don't always do it in a nice way. Nah, oh, yeah, some of them are work, you know, I don't want to be. But the point is, you gotta, right? You call someone, you, you know, you, you tell someone, do miss the guy! You're a guy. I've, I've, I've heard people say that. That's not the it's hard in San Jose, but I've heard other people. They'll tell someone they're a Gentile. That's how they rebuke them. Uh, that that that's like uh, somebody who, who who is a little bit sheltered would do, I'd say at least uh, some insular people would do that. But it's a terrible avera. Not only is there rebuke, not rebuke. It's in astram. That's how they, you know. Mikol elu ha'imrim tira. From all of these things, zakt the ramchal explains the ramchal tira and heicha mispashed and unfair zaras as how far-reaching are the offshoots of the sin. Of hurtful speech, the comma ansha kasha, how bitter, how severe, how awful the punishment is of hurting somebody, right? Hurting 
embarrassing, humiliating, whoever it may be. I, I my own experience is it's either people you don't like, children, I, I children, people, children. I say it over again. I see it all the time. I'm not sure. Parents do it to their children. Strangers do it to other people's strangers. They'll scream at them in the middle. Imagine this. The kids spill something. Hey, what are you doing? If you would see an adult do that, would you do that to an adult? Hey, what are you doing? You would do it to an adult? You wouldn't. And you know why? Because you're an adult. So why could you do that to a kid? I'm not sure. I'm Amish, I'm not sure. You go over to the kid. Like, you go over to the adult. You know. Who said you can go? If the kid runs across the street, if this, it's dangerous. He spills some soda, like he didn't die, right? Kids, but like kids spill soda. So, of course, a kid has to be educated and refined, right? But not humiliated. Older parents, older in-laws, <laughs> older people. I, 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 the, the things people say sometimes are awful. Like, they treat them like kids. And they talk to them like kids. Publicly. Mom, what are you doing? Come on! Mom, don't be so silly. Say, so talk to your mother? <laughs> Publicly? Privately? Husbands? Wives? My wife is really dopey. Right? Oh, she really doesn't get it. She's a klutz. You think anyone likes a klutz? I once had a woman tell me that her husband said she wasn't smart. 30 years later, she was still bothered by the comment. With tears. Did I secure? And her husband said she was not smart publicly once. Bothered her. I'm not sure. I think it bothered me if my wife said I wasn't smart privately. Well, I mean, if she said I was ugly, it would bother me too. The question is smart. Why would it? Of course, it bothered any normal person to bother, right? Uh, I mean, this is people's emotions. You can't just say these things. And these are people who can't. So it says, and the punishment in this area is so severe. You know what I mean? It's like God punishes you, that the, the, the gates of tears. This is like. So says the Ramchal, this has to be cleaned. Nothing of this mida, stay far away. It's toxic. Even a little bit of hurtful speech and not being careful. And again, I just reiterate, most of you ladies and most of all the people listening, I honestly believe if you ever it's honest to it's unintentional. You're all good people. You're not going to go ahead and say a hurtful thing. But we all have to be very careful how we talk to people because whether it's at a shiva house, whether it's to a little kid or an adult, whether it's uh, someone who's sick, whether it's a balchuva, if you're not careful, what will happen is it will be said, hurtful speech. Okay? The next thing in Nikias is Eitzah, advice. Giving advice. Woo, this, I view this as super serious. Super, super serious. Another thing of Nikias, giving advice. We learn in Torah's Kohanim, in front of a blind person, don't put a stumbling block. Okay? Right? It's, it's, if, you're blind, if a person is blind in any matter, a person doesn't get it, a person is blind, they don't understand the severity of it, the, the consequences of it. For example, somebody asks you, could this girl marry a Cohen? I'll tell her, look, share. don't say she's Shera, when she was in a sorority in college, and 98% of the chances she can't marry a Cohen. I'll tell her, right? If someone asks you for advice, 
Uh, don't give people bad advice. He actually is unbelievable. <laughs> unbelievable. I, I actually, I, I, had a, I had a crazy plane story. There's no way to this uh, Gura convention. But I'll tell you the one on the way there. The way back is also crazy. The way there, I get there. So I, I always get the aisle seat. I'll see it. I always take that. I don't like to bother people. I like that they bother me. I like to be the tzaddik. It's supposed to be the... You're either, you're either, the, you're either like the tzaddik or you're the, you're the annoying person, right? <laughs> Much better be the tzaddik. And also, my svarim up there, I want to get... You know, if I change svarim, I want to get my svarim. So I always get the aisle seat. Fine. 26C. That's my seat. The seat next to me is wide open. And next to me is probably a middle-aged man with a big belly. Uh, right? Nice guy. So, um, I said, hello, hi. No. So, right before the plane's going to close, a lady sits down, an Indian lady. She lives in San Jose. She works for a public relations thing. Apparently, her and her mother were going back to her hometown in Queens. Fine. So, uh, so the, the, they were saying, your mother was like 10 rows ahead. And it's like, very, there's no seats there. So then, all of a sudden, they, they move someone's seat. And the mother's like, tells the daughter... You know, come up. Come sit next to her. So what happens when this lady comes down, she looks at me, she says to me, this Indian lady, I think 36, 37, she says to me, are you a rabbi? I said, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> so she said, this is great. So at that moment, her mother says, her name was Samantha. Samantha, come. I have a seat for you. She said, no, mom, I want to talk to the rabbi. <laughs> So I'm telling you, like, oh, like, ten, once no, I need, I need to talk to the Rabbi, Bob. Like, it was like thirty so later. So I'm like, okay. I said, you can go six to your mother out. The seats open. Come in. No, I need to talk to. Him. Fine. Sits down. Plane takes off. She starts with like this existential question. She goes Hindu uh, about whether if you mess up, is it who, who's deciding? Is it you or God? Um, she she had had relationship like a whole crazy story. So I mean, she starts asking me this question. The guy next to me, her, in the middle, all of a sudden starts piping up. And this guy is, um, is a lead engineer in Ask.com. I don't know Ask.com. All right, so he wants to give advice. Ask. <laughs> and he's Jewish. He says, I'm a Jewish atheist. And he's very well educated, actually. Uh, so you have the rabbi, me, and him. He's like piping to give advice. I mean, like literally, like just anxious to just say whatever he wants, you know. And he's very into therapy and psychology, and you know, he, 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 you know. So, which is fine. I wasn't there to. Then she left, and I and I and I, and I educated him. But uh, you know, he has my history series now. It's my email shebang. Yeah, it was a very smart guy, but he was. But at the end of the day, you know, to be an atheist and a Jew, he tells me he spoke to his rabbi for, for, for hundreds of hours. Mm. He says to, I said to him, what, who's a rabbi? Some reformed clown. I mean, like, at the end of, in, in Manhattan, I, 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 the guy knew nothing. He knew nothing. Mamish nothing. So it, it was not, it doesn't, but, here, but here's, the, here's the serious thing, though. Imagine it was a Jew, right? Let's say it's a Jew asking about God. Me and him. Or me and anyone worth, or him and anyone orthodox, anyone who believes in Hashem. He, this person could be searching for truth. You give advice, what happens? Right? People take advice about go to college. People offer all kinds of advice. I went to Brandeis. I went to Clemson. 
I went to Michigan. I went to this. I went to Stern. I went to YU. I went to this yeshiva. I, you should go there. Why? Because I went there. You went there. It's the best school. It's the, someone who does that. I know a lot of people who do that. Who knows someone in this room who does that? To their school? Yes. To send to their school? <laughs> I don't send anyone there. What are you talking about? It's not a joke. This, this, uh, I, I never, I, they're not I. I've never sent anyone there. Yeah? Don't worry. Uh, anyways, serious, on a serious note, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, people give advice. Go here. Marry the person. You know what the world of kind of advice? Serious stuff is over here. It's not a joke. Date the person. Meet the person. Live here. Take this house. Ask me. When the consequences could, could be far-reaching, people like to be asked.com themselves. Ask me. People pipe in to give their advice. You know, like the Mishnah says, a person is a, is a, is a, whose gospel is quick to answer questions is a shaita, is a fool and a rasha, and a wicked person. Because it means if you're quick to be the advice giver, on, I'm not talking about you know, small matters over here, like, should I have potato chips or pretzels at the Kiddush? Feel free to give whatever advice you want, okay? You know, should I, I mean, you have pars, should I get the, the chicken or the hamburger? Okay, maybe you should get the hamburger every day. The, the, give that advice. But that's not going to make, I'm not talking about that. We're talking about, like, real life decisions. You know, marriage, education, parnasa, living, you know, dealing with marital problems, other people's, or your, marital problems, dealing with real complex dynamics, Jewish law, which you may not be familiar with, but you read in a Wikipedia or Wikipedia Halakha or whatever it is, you know, Halakhapedia, or you read in some article once and you can say, oh, you can for sure do that. It's okay. For sure. I read about it. Yeah. I've had people tell me that Taras Mishpacha, which is like so serious. I'm not joking. People like to give advice. They don't, that they have to realize, you blind someone with advice, you could you could ruin their lives. You could mamish ruin their lives. I'll tell you a story. So I was at the Gouda convention. This is a serious story. Um, you know, one of the reasons I went is I I, I had to be at the rabbinical meeting, and Phil David, who's been here before, was actually uh, heads of the meeting. One of the questions came up as follows. Uh, rabbis, I'm not going to get to the whole details, I can't tell you all the rabbinic meetings, but if you're told something in confidence, this is a question for rabbis, this is a discussion. So the rabbis are in confidence. Somebody tells them they they're, uh, have a severe mental issue or severe physical health issue, and then you get called up, some, somebody, which you're told in confidence, could you tell the people who are asking for a date, is a person mentally healthy, physically healthy? Right, what do you, what could you say and what could you not say? Okay? That was the, the, the conversation. What's the parameters of American law? What's the halacha of, of being honest? Of not being a stumbling block and saying, oh, she's fine, he's fine, and he's not fine, and she's not fine. Hey, this is serious stuff. So, Rabbi Ginsburg was a rabbi in Cedarhurst. So the following story, which he, which he was party to, he said that there was a rabbi of a community he knows the rabbi, who was asked about a girl who had serious anxiety issues. Serious anxiety issues. And when the father, who was a prominent rabbi as well, called this rabbi, 
He says, is the girl okay? The girl's totally fine. Why? Because he felt when she got married, she'd be okay. He made his own decision that way. Okay? The girl had serious anxiety issues. As the dating got serious, a second time, this rabbi called the rabbi. What happened is the girl gets married. Within a month of the marriage, she has essentially a, a, a breakdown. She cannot cope. She becomes so anxious that she literally becomes paralyzed. And uh, they get, they, within six months, they had to, a get was given. The, the, the boy was a completely normal, totally no-issue boy. That's the way this what was presented. So Ginsburg said that when the get was being written, the father of this boy called up the rabbi who had, who, who had been asked, and who knew this girl had serious anxiety issues, called up the rabbi to tell him, I want you to know that right now I am in the room, that they're writing the get for my daughter, for my son. I'm never going to forgive you in this world. I'm never going to forgive you in the next world for ruining my son's life. For you, my, I asked you specifically about this girl. I said, does she have any issues? You said to go ahead with the shidduch. You ruined my son's life for no reason. I don't forgive you in this world. I don't forgive you in the next world. Hangs up the phone. So Ginsburg said, that this rabbi was like, you know, I thought, whatever, you know. So Ginsburg said he's going to Rav Yashiv. This happened a few years ago. And he's going to ask Rav Yashiv what he thought. What should this rabbi do? Who had given this advice to go have the shidduch and didn't even say there any issues, any any yellow flags. Just oh, good idea, great. He figured they get married, everything would work out. You know, he says I can't help him. How could he give such advice? Right? How do you give such advice? You know, the, there's a job where it could be dangerous. There's a bad thing. There's protect. You know, if you have full disclosure, because sometimes people make decisions. We all have skeletons. So, you know, but to, to know that and to tell a person go get married, you know, how do you do that? That's serious stuff. I mean, he didn't have an answer for the. I, 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 you, he did ruin it. Again, so this boy has, has life ahead of him. Of course, if I be the boy, I would tell him the experience. I should, you know, plan like, oh, you know, I, I, of course. But the, here's the reality: you, this person got hurt. It's not. A, it's not a pleasant thing. That's not a pleasant thing. And there's a million things you tell somebody to go there, and then they they go off the derech, or they marry. I mean, there's a million things like that. It is, it's safe territory. It's not safe territory. They get blown up. It's like. Yeah, go feel. I, go visit Gaza. I'm telling you, I've been there. It's safe. It's very pleasant. There's great ocean views. You know, there's great ocean views. So no one says to go to Gaza. Well, go go to this place in the Shamron you know, for the day. You know, drive there. It's a beautiful sight. Meanwhile, it's a dangerous area. You can't just tell. You know, there's a million things like that. People want to give their advice. They say that table. Oh, go here. Do this. Buy that. Take this career. How well do they know this person? Obviously, if you know the very person very well, maybe it is good advice. I'm not telling you not to give advice, but advice is serious stuff. There's consequences. There's realities to that. You can't just think that. You know, again, if you want to talk about potatoes and pretzels, no, there's no real consequence to that. You know, you buy the sweater it should be red or yellow. Uh, I mean, it should be should be bright red. So there's ideas in Judaism that women should wear bright red. That's not a real issue, right? Some safer. I'm not saying there's nothing to rely about, but but, but th- that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about when you pe- people making life decisions when they get to that 
you know, fork in the road, which Robert for, for, uh, Forrest, Frost talks about, or, or, or they're, they're dating somebody. I mean, when I was dating, people gave me terrible advice. When I look now back as a rabbi, some of the advice I got was awful. I'm telling you personally, people gave me bad advice. And they, were, they meant to be helpful. People gave me bad advice about a lot of things. I'm sure we all have had that experience, right? And sometimes we actually followed some of the advice, and it could have been detrimental. Why is there no responsibility for parents to give children advice? Do you have a child? You don't give advice to be should be a doctor if they're not, they don't like science. You'll be great. You'll be a doctor. Why? Why is that the advice the parents giving? Because they're fixated that. Well, I don't know why anyone today would think that, but once upon a time, a doctor was a good Jewish profession. You know, it's the Jewish profession. So my kid, the doctor, your kid, the doctor, he's not supposed to be a doctor. She's not supposed to be a doctor. That's not advice. That's not fair to tell your kids to be a doctor if they're not meant to be a doctor. That's a stumbling block. You can ruin it. There are parents who mean well and ruin their children's lives. No, no question about that. They put them in directions that they should not be going on. You know, they'll, they'll, and they'll sometimes even pressure them. Oh, and they're blind. And they're, so they have a blind spot. Don't tell a person, sell your field and buy a donkey. And then, then to stumble them. And you'll, you'll trick them uh, to get a good thing. You could say, uh, I'm really giving good advice. You know, you want their seats. You want you, you know that you want to get the position. Oh, don't do this, right? That's real stumbling block. You know, you have an idea. You want to date the guy. You want to have this position. You want to buy the house. Oh, it's too expensive for you. Don't get it. Instead, so you buy it. Uh, that's like that's like that's the most egregious type of things. But Hashem knows. It says You should fear the Lord God. You should fear that. You should fear the Lord God. Nimsus blamed him. When it's particularly when it's when it's no to you, when it's pertinent to you, when it you have negius and you want somebody to do to do something, you want to offer them a job and you want them to work for your company, even though it's not meant for them, you're gonna to try to swindle them into doing it, convince them. It's you have to be very careful. You give people advice. Uh uh, but MS is have to be think very clearly and very positively. You know what is good advice? <laughs> you know, I was speaking to a gullah recently. Actually, the convention I had to speak to that thing. He said, "We can't answer this on one foot. You know, to make a time, discuss it at length." And like, wasn't such a big question, but you know, advice. Got to think it through. I remember, I remember, I went to on the phone with Elias Svei, and they asked him something, and it's like literally silent for five minutes. So for like five minutes, was she, was she still there? And all I could say was, when the good of America, yeah, I'm just thinking about your question. It wasn't like, <laughs> shot answer, or offering advice, and then they learned shots. You know, and still he's thinking, like, what do I say? Not this, I think you should do this. You think you should do that, really? Did you think through what the consequences of O V? Take the job? Take that education. You, know you tell somebody to start educating. You know what? You know to start a master's program, or uh, you know, uh, I was. Some people told me I should do certain careers. It's been terrible for me. And they told me they try to convince me. I kid you not. You should do this. 
There are people who stay in yeshiva too long because people convince them. Stay in yeshiva! And people stay, leave yeshiva too soon. Go get this job! And people are, you know what it means to the person that goes leave yeshiva quickly because of you? Could be detrimentally affected the person's spirituality for the rest of their life. Without exaggeration. You put them on a lower spiritual level for the rest of their life. And it could be you save them. But you have to have a chrayas for this. It has to be thought out. It's not like you just, at a Shabbos, Shabbos table, so I remember growing up, it was like, everyone was the Gadol Hador. They all had advice. It's like everyone knows the best thing for you. Everyone knows what's the best. You meet the person, well, you should do this. You should go here. You should marry him. You should marry her. You should date her. Why should I date her? Tell me. Because sometimes, you know, again, Shaduchan is important. What are you thinking through? As I told that story with that rabbi, I, was, I, just, I heard that story Friday. That the, the father say, I will not forgive you in this world and the next world. You ruined my son's life. Well, you know what? There are a lot of people's lives that get ruined. I remember, actually, he emailed me this week. Uh, Jonathan Rosenblum. Anyone ever heard Jonathan Rosenblum? Jonathan Rosenblum wrote the, the art school books. Right? So he's a, he, he has, I think he says he's a common mishpacha. For many years, he's a common Jewish Jerusalem post. The first time we met each other, where I was together with him, I was waiting to speak to Ramesh Shapiro. Ramesh Shapiro was like one of the greatest thinkers of, uh, of, of, the, of the past 40 years, the, the great, greatest people in the moral. Actually, most of the seminary teachers, most of the Kirov teachers are his students, or many of them, I should say. Uh, he, we were both waiting there. Ramesh Shapiro, Shapiro that's how I passed away literally a year ago, uh, would have a Thursday night share with hundreds of people. And I had an appointment afterwards, and he had an appointment. So it was me and him. Me and Jonathan Rosen. This story, I can tell you this, how many years ago, it goes back. It's at least 20 years ago. At least 20, maybe more. So, uh, it's 20 years, I think it's 20 years ago. So I was in the Mirishiva at the time, and he asked me, why did I want you to do my Shapiro? So I told him as follows. So I'll tell you the truth. I know people go to ask questions, and, when they, and, and other people ask questions the same person, and they always get the same answer. So I, well, they're not getting advice, they're getting a shita, you know? If you ask a Hasidic rabbi, should you shave your beard, they will always tell you no. So you didn't ask a question, what did you get? You got their opinion, that nobody, anyone who would walk into that room would say it. So if you're asking a personal life question, you don't want a shita, you want people to tell you this. So Jonathan Rosenblatt told me at the time, he said, you have no idea, he's not in very religious circles, how many people's lives that he knows have been ruined by shitas, Okay? You understand what I'm saying? By one size fits all. Uh, you have no idea how many lives have been ruined by shitas. Right? And, and, and that's true. And people give shitas and they apply it and there can be terrible, terrible consequences. You say, Lamedim, Shabain, Bidavar, Shiachlis, Nogeabo. Okay, so you have to be Kuyasis. Uh, then he gets, he he, uh, he he continues. The Torah sees the sees the safe daytam of those who are crooked. To love shaftinah and askinan. Not the fools. She adds They would offer bad advice. El like the guys that use car salesmen buy the house. Come on, you want to make the sale? This is free. You look beautiful in this the woman at the, the, the store says the dress. It looks stunning on you. Meanwhile, it looks three sizes too big. You look terrible. It looks beautiful. 
You're gorgeous. Why is she telling you that? Because she wants to make a sale. You know? You know, uh, you were selling that at the car, the house. It looks great. It's a perfect fit. Right? Perfect. These people, they, these people know how to, to, do, to do crookedness. What's really giving advice? Buy this. It'll make you happy. This will make you happy. You know how much most of consumerism in it works in America? You know what most of advertising is? To make you feel you need something. That's all of advertising is to create an urge for you. It's the picture of you in the car, in the vacation, you with the sandwich, you with the dress. Not me with the dress. You with the dress. Right? Hey, hey, yeah, you know, well, you know, it's all. That's what all advertising is. That the whole, the whole Silicon Valley, by the way, all Google and Facebook and Yahoo are run by advertising money, <laughs> and it's all to convince people, you know, that they need things. That's the whole consumer society. So there's consumers and there's people who sell, who advertise for you. You need this ring. It will make you look like British royalty. You'll be great. This house, the backyard, the patio, the real estate dealer. Meanwhile, it's crooked. It's this, you know, it's bad. There's rats there. There's mice there. There's this. There's, I mean, there's a million things. I'm telling you, it's an issue. The guess. This apartment, this school, this reality. You're telling you, oh, it's your benefit. You're selling to the person as their benefit, but really, it's your benefit. The sellers. Ach sofa Indian, it's not good for the person, the buyer. Not good for the person who's getting it. I had a shadchan once who wants to remember a shadchan. I'm telling you, it was a worse shadchan for me. Try to convince me, not for me. Because for the girl. Why? You're giving me advice for me. Why do you, do you want the girl to be happy? What is with me? I'm not joking. This is serious stuff. This is serious stuff. This is like you can ruin people's lives and people, or hurt people financially. Right? It's really it's 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 evil to do these type of things. You really think that's Are you being honest? God, God will know what's in your heart. God knows is this advice. You may be able to fool him or her. You can't fool God. You may be able to fool him or her, but you cannot fool the Rebbeinu You may be able to fool yourself in your subconscious. You fool yourself that you mean well. I really would love him to marry her. You love him to marry her. Ah, why? Because you love her. Not because you love him. But he, it's good for him. You would be great in his house. It's a great car. It's a great place to move. I, I'm, you know, people ask me about moving here. I don't sell it for everybody. I'm not, I don't. I'm, 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 you know, I'm, I'm not going to tell everyone this is perfect. If it's not for them, it's not for them. You can't, you can't lie to people. You tell Go there. Come here. Do this. I mean, There's realities to this. Um, many people stumble with these sins. Yoim, yoim, daily. This is about people involved in sales and business. They want to make money, so they sell the lemons. What a lemon is? Car. You don't want to drive those kind of cars. They sell you an apartment. You know, uh, you, you blind somebody with a sale, with a purchase, with a something, uh, you're, 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 you're cursed. Actually, when they went in the heart, Abel, how reason you know, the Shvatim went there, they're cursing. One of the curses is if you cause somebody, uh, literally, 
cause a blind person to go astray on the road. Uh, so Chazal tells us if you give bad advice for your own benefit. Bad advice for your own benefit. You get one of the curses of the Torah. This is not a curse on some stranger on the street. This is a curse that all of the Jewish people were there to give bad advice for your own benefit. Right? Go there because you don't want to be bothered. Don't bother me. Ask that person. It's not good for them to go there. That per- it's not good for them to go to that person's house. It's not good for them to buy that. It's not good for them to do this. But you'd rather get out of it. Um, says that Ramchal, uh, um, after discussing the severity of giving bad advice, that's what to be knocky. And again, I would just venture to say any serious life is in use, one should be very wary of giving advice. I have to do this often, and I don't look for it. <laughs> I don't just pipe up, do this. Actually, I, as a general, unless I'm very close to a person, I'm, you know, if they're doing a veira, I will tell them, depending on the situation. If they're doing a bad decision, you're not asking me, I'm not going to make start making people's decisions for them. You know, you're 35 years old, you're 40 years old, you're 50 years old, you mean I'm not going to make a decision maker for you? And truth is, people don't ask me or anyone. Usually, they're not, they're not open to. They're not receptive. <laughs> you know, if they want to choose their, their decisions, they're not receptive. So I don't. I usually, unless I'm very, very close to an individual, I wouldn't. If I'm doing something which is an avera or bad for the community or bad for the shul, I would often say, depending on the situation, either in my drasha, I will hit them in my drasha or I'll hit them in person. Often. But people choose to the wrong school, the wrong community, marry the wrong person. Marry, I probably would say. But to date, you know, I, I can't choose. I'm not going to start telling people what to do. I mean, they're 50 years old. What do you want from me? I mean, you know, I start telling. But if you ask me, I'm sure they will tell you. But I don't like it. Why don't I like it? Because I feel achrayis. But I'm telling you now, I, I, I'm on the plane. This guy starts speaking up. You should do this. Why? Because she's sitting next to him. She didn't even ask him. I don't care. She, I didn't look for either. She sat next to me. But everyone wants to give advice. Everyone's a therapist. Everyone is what's, what's, what's uh, dear Anne and dear Abby and dear whatever these people are and whoever it is today. Everyone wants to be that. They want to be the advice giver. And you know what? Sometimes they have expertise and very often they do not. And even people have expertise, you see how quickly people give advice and how unsophisticated, how unthought out it is without consequences, how shallow when you put your... You're thinking on your terms, not on their terms, right? I'm not saying that all people give advice, but one should be very thorough. And if you know, if you know a person very well, maybe you should give advice. If you if you're good at something, maybe you should give advice, right? Um, but it, it, you know, if you know nothing about seminary in Israel, then you shouldn't give advice to go whether to go to seminary or whether to go to seminary, right? And if you're not an expert on dealing with marriages, maybe you shouldn't say to marry this person. Or if you're not a therapist, don't say that the girl has anxiety. Don't worry. Tell the girl not to say anything. Let the boy marry the girl. And, and when the parent calls you to ask her that she's fine, great idea, go ahead with the shidduch. Get me crazy. Maybe you ruin people's lives. How do you give advice? You have to think, you know, if I'm this person, what would I want? From this person, what would I want? Without considering anything, what really will be good for this person? And what really is good means it's a thought out. Again, 
I'm not talking about where you should eat Shabbos lunch by. Okay? I am talking about major life decisions which will impact people for years or going places which can impact people for years. Go to Hawaii for Pesach. You think it, then they eat treif because the hotel wasn't so good. They see things they shouldn't be around. I'm not saying you can't go to Hawaii, but if it's a bad thing for a person, it can impact their ruchness for a long time, spirituality. Right? Do this. Put your kid out. I remember somebody told my parents I wanted to go to Israel for another year. You, you were making the worst decision in the life, they told my parents. Meanwhile, this person's kids are not religious. Completely not They thought they, they didn't send their kids to yeshivas, and their kids are both... That means all their grandchildren are secular because of their good advice. And they were willing to tell my parents what to do. Right? Willing to tell my parents what to do. This is 25 years ago already. Still, like, like these people are just... They think what, 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 and even especially in, in their people's worldviews, they I can't. If something bothers your worldview, you will give advice, which is not. We will give advice, which is not always a thing. Um, what's really the person needs? Have probable far fetched. You need to think out what what's gonna be. You gotta play out five years from now, ten years from now. You tell the girl should be a doctor. Girl should be a doctor. Well, what about marriage? Where, where, what medical school is she going to go to? You know, University of Wichita? You know, what, how is that going to affect her life? And when she's married, what her, what's her marriage life going to be like? If she's a doctor, doctors work serious hours, right? Uh, you know, what, what, how will that affect? If she wants to have a large family. Could she have a large family? Right? But you, you'll be the best doctor in the world. You should do this. I'm not saying a girl can't be a doctor. I'm just telling you, you better be thinking out how you're giving that advice how it's going to impact the person's life. You know, how it's going to, what it's going to, what it's going to do. Vimiera shiiru hezek la'atzabetzahu. And anything that uh, you could see potentially bad for you. Im yachal yochich osal panav shamasyayets yochicheyu. Vim lav yistalik hadav v'loyatzeyu. Right, if, if, let's say, it's the right decision, but there are risk factors. So you should point out to the person, I believe that you should do this, but realize these are the risk factors. Right? If there are risk factors, point them out. Don't just give advice, carp launch, and then let the person fall off a cliff. You know, I think that you should date the person, but you should check this out. I think you could take this job, go to this university. You know, I, you were talking about... And, when people would call me from yeshivas, I knew automatically how they would do. You know why? Because at the end of the day, if they started, the first questions they asked me were about classes and courses. And they weren't thinking spiritual. People, the people who did well would ask, how is the Ruchnius? Could I daven there? Could I wear a kippah there? Where should I live? Right? It's a very different starting point of your questions. Right? When you're analyzing that, the, and I, you know, I, one person I thought, listen, you, you realize that the school's very liberal, they're, they're not anti-religious publicly, but they will mock religious values, absolutely, right? Uh, if you live on campus, you're living in stone, so maybe live near the yeshiva, off campus, you know, that's a big difference. I mean, how, you know, no, you live in the dorm. It's good for you. You know what's good? You don't put on the dorm? 
You know what happens to a Jewish kid who goes into a dorm? If they're, if they're not corrupted, their head's corrupted, 100%. What goes on in these places? It, it, the, the, the complete opposite of every Torah value. On, the, on Friday night of all times, Mamish B'yayim Kedusha, it's Mamish, it's Debash, it's terrible. So go to the door. It's healthy for you. Learn how to be an American. Even in advice, you have to say, well, you know, if you're going to do this, this is how you should do it correctly. You know, this is, this is, this is the, the, way, the way you should do it. You're going to go to this job, you have a commute, what you should do in the commute, what you should do over here, take the job. You're working for this company, what's an hour commute? How's it going to impact you? An hour commute, but your children, what about your things? Let me give you an example. Did you like the pen? Uh, so, when I was in Philadelphia, when I was from Lakewood, I went to law school. So I remember I asked Zella Gepstein, okay? Should I stay in Lakewood? My kids were in school. Kind of was in, in, in preschool and, 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 and Sim was already born. Uh, or move to Philadelphia to go to law school. So I can tell you right now, why would I stay in Lakewood? Lakewood is a city of Torah. School, schools galore. You know, it was, then it was about 40,000, probably 35,000. Actually, now it's 70, whatever it is. So I can tell you if I'd ask a lot of people around Lakewood, Yeshiva, of course you stay in Lakewood. Are you Meshika? You don't leave Lakewood? You don't tell you about Lakewood. There's kosher food everywhere. There's Torah everywhere. There's shoals. You'll, you'll learn better in Lakewood. Blah, 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 blah. I'm, I'm positive. Even if they hear me over conversation, even talk about leaving. Stay in Lakewood. Are you crazy? They would say, give me their opinions. This is what happened. And this is what happened in many places. I'm just giving you a personal example. So I remember I spoke to Myra Shashiva, Zelig Epstein, who was in the G'dayle Hador, one of the biggest people of advice in the world. Some of the biggest sages in the world. I saw come to him for advice. So he looks at me, he says to me, he married me off, picture my office of me and him. Uh, he says, why would you want to stay in like, why do you go to Philadelphia? He asked me. So I told him, listen, there's an hour and 15 minute commute each way. That, to Philadelphia, so maybe Philadelphia, but Lakewood, of course. I've, I've been there for a few years. I've been studying in Yeshiva. Serious place. My, my, my wife's happy with her. So he says to me, so what Zalik tells me, says, listen, the most important thing for your success and your family's success is that you should be growing in Torah mitzvah. The husband sets the tone for the house. If you're like this, the whole house is raised up. If you're commuting two and a half hours a day, Plus, you're in law school. You're going to lose out. Being liquid is not a compensation for learning more, being more involved. So he said to move to Philadelphia. And I did, and I became very close to small comrades, and a lot of unbelievable things. But I'm telling you, he was looking in a very different way than some 28-year-old guy who sat next to me on the bench in Lakewood. <laughs> like, right? It's a big difference. And who was, would offer the advice without thinking through, right? yeah, you're going for advice. It's serious stuff. And so imagine the following thing. Imagine I went to law school. I was 28 when I started law school. I imagine I listened to the 35-year-old kid who offered his advice. And let's say I did go, but I, I learned less. My family is affected. Don't you think there's a responsibility in that? Person telling me to do things. It had negative effects on my family. Negative effects on my rookness. I honestly believe, and I stayed in Lakewood, I would not have been, I've been a rough, probably, most likely. Who knows what would have happened. Uh, whatever you know, I, but there's the people are very. I mean, it's not. And I say crazy stuff, right? Say you stay in Lakewood. It's not, does that sound so so terrible? But you know what? 
Why are they saying stay in Lakewood? Because they can't imagine leaving Lakewood. I'm telling you, that's what the reality is. I don't know, you can't appreciate this fully because you've never been in Lakewood. But they can't imagine leaving Lakewood. So their advice to me had nothing to do with me. It's their own worldview, prism, coming through. And this is not unique to Lakewood. This is in everywhere and every place. The high-tech people think this way. People in their own marriages think this way. People in their kids' jobs think this way. People around, it's, it's just a reality of how people are. And if you're giving advice on core issues in life, you better not do that. You know, if you ask, I'm not, we're not talking about who to ask advice from. That's a different discussion. I think I gave that a drush a few years ago. You know, how to ask advice and how to learn from advice. But giving advice, or tremendous responsibility. And the key is because we're, we're so... We all want to be the therapist. We all want to be asked.com. We all want to be the Rebbe. We all want to be the help. And we mean well. We mean well. No one's maliciously trying to hurt people over here. No, no one's trying to destroy anyone's life or damage their growth or, or hurt them. But, but that doesn't mean you won't. It doesn't mean like that rabbi who said go to Shidduch and told the girl to didn't hurt people. He definitely did. Right? He definitely did. It doesn't mean if you tell somebody to go to a college or university or law school or, or yeshiva or pull them out of yeshiva or go to public school that there's not a consequence to that. There are consequences. Marry the person, divorce the person, you know, have more children. You know, I remember my mother told me she once said something to her, are you going to have more kids? You should not have more kids. I'm going to have five kids, not 50. You should have more kids. Really? Who are you? Right? Who are you? I mean, what, do you what do you think? What, what, what does that mean? So, be, you know what it means is that that person can't imagine having so many kids, so they tell you not to have so many kids. That's what it means. The imlav, so you gotta be able, you gotta be able not to personalize advice. You gotta be able to think through all the realities. And if you can't do that, Says that Abuchal, don't give advice. Get out of it and don't give advice. I remember that Rabbi Zalil Gepsin, who I just mentioned, you heard of Rabbi Shach? Shach was the Gavul Hador. And Rabbi Shach used to speak to Rabbi Zalig about America, how to do things. Actually, just to give you an example, when Rabbi Shach did not like the Art School Kamar when it came out, and he wanted to, to, to block it. And there were two good Epstein, Mordechai Gifter, Shiva tells. They discussed it with Shach, and Shach backed down. Okay? But <laughs> there's reason he liked the art school Kamara. I'm not not for this class right now. But they had different opinions, and obviously art school Kamara is ubiquitous in all shows in the world today, and many homes. Um, so Shach once called Abzelag that some American Russian yeshivas had a big question what should he tell them? So they're talking, oh, Shach says, this way, that way. So then Shach says, really, there's no real answer. So Shach said to, to Shach, so what should I tell them? So Shach told him, say you don't know. This <laughs> is what tells Shach, the person, the biggest, say you don't know. If you can't answer it thoroughly, get out of it. What are they going to do? What's she going to do? But you can't give people better advice. You can't tell people jump off a cliff and if it's dangerous for them or, or walk on a tightrope. You know, say you don't know. And if you can't uh, honestly be unemotional, don't do it. Uh, or you can't be 
a greiser thinker, don't give advice. Um, don't give somebody bad advice, which is not going to be good for them. By the way, you know, you have these kids that are at risk. I mean, the advice people give could destroy these kids. Kids with learning disabilities, whoa, people could give terrible advice. Really bad advice. Uh, um, now, the only time you let a trick a person, says Ramchal, is if the person wants advice how to do bad things. So then you give advice to, to knock them off their bad plan, plans. If people are looking for advice how to do crimes, how to do things, then you can throw them off, obviously. With a crooked person, act perversely. And the story of Chushia Arki, when Avshalom rebelled against David, Chushai threw the whole rebellion off by giving Avshalom bad advice. Okay? Because there, he was looking for advice how to do destructive things. Somebody who's looking for advice to do destructive things, you can give them bad advice. But for all of us, and he's in the kiss, just like, just like hurtful speech, we stay far away from, advice could be, the, you know, Urbana Yonis is like this. Rabbi says that the greatest kindness is good advice. The greatest kindness is to help somebody with good advice. If you could give person good advice, you know, in advice how to buy a car, how to buy a house, you, you're, you're a good background or a good head or you're a good friend, and you can help them in their shidduch and you give them good advice. You know, I remember my mother once told me one of her best friends, she was her roommate, and she, she knew this girl and she knew this guy. She, she told her not to get married to this guy. The guy was a little crooked, and then the guy had major problems. And they got divorced. Oh, I told the person. She knew that everyone involved. It's good advice. Before they got married, she said, don't date him, don't do whatever. The roommate was, liked one part of this person. She got badly burnt. You know, uh, it actually affected the person in many ways, unfortunately. So if you, have good, if you can give a person good advice, of course you give good advice. It's a chesed. But to give bad advice, to give non-thought-out advice, is serious stuff. And the reason that Ramchal says Nikias is because even a little bit of it is toxic. Next week, we'll talk about being Naki from Rachilas and Naki from Lashon. Thank you.